0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Enthusiasts & Co. Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to say apologies for the brief hiatus. If you, like me, are a One Direction fan and are, you know, stressed by the word hiatus, don't worry. It's not an end. It is coming back. I'm here. But I just wanted to say thank you for sticking around. Today, I am welcoming Ellie Bower-Johnson to the podcast. Ellie is the founder of Another Practice. She's an embodiment coach, a yoga practitioner she practices the yogues and she emailed me in response to a newsletter that I sent round about how I don't really feel like I've got an intuitive relationship with my body and kind of the ramifications that has for my enthusiasm and how I feel kind of walking through the world you can sign up to my newsletter on my website by the way if you fancy getting my fortnightly ramblings, Ellie and I chatted about her work as an embodiment coach and I find it really fascinating. I'm so intrigued by what she does and I think it's so important that I loved, loved, loved chatting to her about it and she was so wise and so brilliant. I'm really looking forward to, to you hearing it too. Just a quick note, she does live above a tube station, which I didn't realise was like a real life goal of mine. But now that I think about it, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. So you might hear some rumbling tracks underneath. I think it gives it a nice ambiance. If you've been missing London life, then it will make you feel like you're right back there, kind of some ambient city sounds. But just a quick note that what she was saying was absolute gold dust and I loved the time I spent chatting to her so I hope you enjoy it too.
1: Well hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm just, you know, enjoying the sunshine that's been beaming down on us for the last couple of days. Yeah, I was going to say by the time this goes out it could
0: be sleeting, but it could also be 30 <laughs> degrees. We'll just we just won't know, will we? <laughs> It's a roller coaster, yay British weather <laughs> Yeah, it was my birthday this weekend and I was praying all month for like I was doing sun dances Because I hadn't booked <laughs> anywhere well enough in advance And I only thought about it like a week before and then I looked at all the booking schedules And I was like oh my god everyone has booked a pub or somewhere But then I felt very smug on Saturday because I was in a pic, I was having a picnic in a park with the sun And everyone else was in a beer garden in the shade and I was like <laughs> <laughs> to be you guys exactly i was like look at you with your pre-planning how does it feel (laughs) um before this just becomes a podcast of me gloating about my good luck and and weather connections (laughs) please could you tell the listeners a bit about who you are and what you do
1: yes of course um my name is ellie bauer johnston i am a yoga teacher i am an embodiment coach I'm an all-round body dork and, I mean, just general dork as well, which I'm, <laughs> like, generally embracing. Yeah, I, I work with people to help them get more comfortable in their own skin, which is not something we, you know, really often taught how to do, especially, like, I, I especially love working with, like, women and queer folks and people who are traditionally not taught to love their bodies by our delightful social um, social structures.
0: And so you came, well, I mean, we've kind of known about each other for a while, haven't we? But you replied very graciously to a newsletter I sent basically being like, I don't know what my body is telling me. I have no intuition with it. I don't understand what it's saying. I don't know where my body has the voice of like a 60-year-old Southern man, but... <laughs> and you replied saying that this is basically what you do and that you would love to chat about it more and so I am so excited to dive into this because it is something that really does resonate with me but from like an intellectual point of view like I have no no lived experience of the goal of what you do Um, and so I'm really excited
1: to chat about it thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's a pleasure yeah and I I got that email of yours I was like I know that like, I'm, I'm essentially my whole business goal is just to gather as many Ellie's around me as possible we can. Well, I
0: mean, it's a strong goal, <laughs> I would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was like, well, obviously I'm going to work with Ellie at some point, but then the email came through and I was like... Here's my
0: inn. Yes, and I loved it, and it was an excellent inn. And any Ellies can please email hey at theenthusiast.co so that we can please start an army. Thank you very much. Yes, come join us. Yep, yeah, do it. We'll make sure that you love your bodies, make sure you're well enthusiastic about stuff, and you'll have a great time when we take over the world. And I feel like that's an excellent pitch. If you don't want that, I can't help you, frankly. I mean, yeah. Sorry, what
1: what planet are you living on? Not yeah, exactly. In the
0: <laughs> so I think a good place to start would be to um, start with the question: What are you enthusiastic about at work?
1: Well, I mean, you've kind of had a taster of it. Um, I'm really enthusiastic about about people in their bodies, which sounds way creepier when you say it out loud than, than it actually is. I love your body. Thanks, Ellie. Um, Goodbye. bye now. Bye. <laughs> As someone who kind of grew up the fat kid who hated PE and, like, really never learned how to appreciate my body for what it can do and, like, you know, kind of to enjoy being in it, it took me until, like, my mid-20s until I kind of stopped just being a floating head that kind of was driving my body around like a taxi and started to actually pay attention to it. And so, yeah, after that kind of life-changing revelation, which <laughs> continues to <laughs> continues to sort of smack me around the head occasionally, like, you you have a body. And you're like, oh, um, shit, I do. What, oh, my God, oh my what God. do I do with this? <laughs> oh, my God. Who's yeah. driving oh, this thing? Oh, oh, God, it's me. <laughs> who's in charge here? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So after that kind of amazing revelation, I am so enthusiastic about helping people find their own way into their bodies. And that's with the understanding that, you know, my way is not necessarily going to be your way. I'm not interested in you know, like a cookie cutter, like you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then ta-da, you're embodied. Everybody has different needs different nervous systems different histories you know these vessels for our whole experience they carry so much in there and and so everybody has a really different experience of their body and it gives me huge joy to help people find their own way in
0: i love that and i wonder what your this is going to sound like an interview like what's your background ellie <laughs> but uh, what i when i was doing my research don't mean to brag on your website earlier the number of tools that you kind of bring to the table were really fascinating to me because i think a lot of people would look at kind of the body positivity movement self care whatever you want to call it and it kind of is co-opted by fitness gurus um you know health practitioners kind of people who often mean well, but, but don't do well quite often. Um, and so I was just wondering if you could talk a bit more about kind of your journey into it in terms of the, the tools you bring to the table and stuff, because I, your approach really resonated with me as things that I could see being helpful as somebody who needs you, <laughs> rather than somebody who is like, you know, I don't know, an Olympic athlete. No offence to Olympic athletes, but like that's <laughs> it's never going to be my vibe. It's not my target audience.
1: Like, yeah. uh, Godspeed, you've already... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I suppose especially because... I have been where you are. I often still am. Like, you know, we we teach the things that we often need to learn. So I tend to let's rewind slightly. I am a feminist. I've been a feminist since I was like an itty-bitty little like teenager, like tiny riot girl. And that kind of informs. Everything. So, from the sort of body positivity and the the trauma awareness, um, I'm not kind of fully trauma trained, but I'm very conscious of you know everybody has their own stuff that they carry around and giving people space to meet that as it comes up. The tools that I use are really like really focused on being non dogmatic and being shaped to the individual you know my own journey into my body the very very overused word journey in like the wellness world (laughs) my yoga journey my yeah my own like you know experience of like oh my god you have a body came through practicing yoga after like years and years of either completely ignoring my body and eating like you know 20 packets of biscuits a day or going to the gym starving myself punishment for existing mm-hmm. you know yeah that, that kind of fun story <laughs> and for some reason I signed up for like a beginner's yoga course I have no idea why I wasn't interested in yoga I just signed up I must have been in you know one of those kind of like fitness kick moments signed up and started to experience the yoga practice and frankly like I hated it to start off with <laughs>
0: Um, woman this, of the people.
1: <laughs> yeah, i just like, I was like, in this room, I was like, you know, the biggest person in this room full of like super bendy people, like, you know, the fat girl in the corner who just like did not feel like she belonged. And that was, you know, my experience in so many movement spaces, right? And yet, for some reason, I stuck with it. Who knows why? Who knows why 20-year-old Ellie did that? But, you know, <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> um, and yeah, so as my yoga practice kind of like developed, I gained all of these tools, not only for, you know, like my physical body, like, you know, people often think of yoga as a practice of like getting really flexible and being really bendy and, you know, lithe and limber. But, it, you know, in, in reality, it's this huge, amazing science that like South Asian populations have developed over millennia for for knowing yourself in all these different ways and for for kind of understanding what it is to be alive. You know, quite, quite a small task. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I love so much about embodiment is that it's both it's both the really tangible practical stuff of like you know how does your nervous system work like what what's happening in your muscles and your your bones and like you know the physical body and it's this route that we can kind of wend our way into existence <laughs> like what is your like you know into consciousness and awareness and these sort of like deeper layers of being a human it's this it's this full package I think that's why it's so brilliant because it is
0: both of those things, you know, like I, I that's that's what I was struck most by by your work, is that it does combine all of those things because I feel like some of us will kind of have a bit of a handle on one thing. Like what I said in my newsletter was that I'm quite I feel like I'm quite emotionally in tune. Like I would say that I'm mm. quite good at knowing what I'm I'm feeling emotionally at any given time. But physically, I've got absolutely no bloody clue what's going on. Like I don't know, you know, whether I'm anxious, nervous, hungry, excited. Possibly and quite probably all of those things all at once. <laughs> all um, at once. Yeah, or just every day just coursing through my veins. And I think that's why what you do is so incredible because it does tie all of those things together and they, they they coexist in real life. So why why don't we treat them in kind of wider culture, wider society, science, everything? Why don't we treat them as, as working together in the way that we know they do? It makes total sense to me that this approach kind of brings all of that together. It just doesn't make sense to me that it's taken so bloody long you know, to, for it to be a thing. But thank God you're here. Thank God you're here now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we live in a, a society that doesn't really enjoy nuance. And mm-hmm. this work is is all about nuance, which often means that, you know, when I'm marketing myself. So I've got this Instagram caption and I'm trying to squeeze the whole of existence into it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's a bit of a challenge. <laughs>
0: I love that so much. Like when you sit down to do your um your marketing for the month, you're like, right. So which philosophical existential crisis am I going to tackle today? <laughs> with this beautiful picture of me doing yoga, I think you do very well. I think you nail it. That's what you. I would say about the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> but one that you rise to, my love. So how does your? I mean, a daily like a day in the life is is just a fake thing that magazines invented in the two thousands, isn't it? Because nobody's days are the same. <laughs> but what does your work have you do? Like, what are some of the things you enjoy doing the most at work?
1: So. I mean, the last year of lockdown has really unsurprisingly shifted what my work looks like. Before that, I was doing a lot of like studio teaching, like you know, kind of predictable hour-long classes in yoga studios with people on yoga mats or working, you know, together and breathing in the same room without masks on.
0: I <laughs> uh, can't relate. Don't remember. <laughs>
1: a small clutch of pearls, the idea of that. <laughs> And now, since since lockdown, obviously, a lot of my work is online. As we start to open up, I'm kind of experimenting with working one-to-one with people in person again, but largely, I work online with people, We like I work one-to-one via Zoom, and I am just about to, I've kind of been beavering away at things in the background, so I'm just about to launch a podcast and about to launch a new weekly class, which will be kind of like we'll follow a monthly theme and rather than it being like you know an hour of yoga every week it's kind of like a bit more of a mixed bag so like all of the different tools that I mentioned or that you mentioned breath work and meditation and journaling and embodiment practices and movement practices all of that kind of woven together in following a theme over a month that's kind of like the practical of like what it looks like what a session with someone looks like one-to-one is really, really driven by who they are.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll generally, when I start working with someone, it's usually like a three-month or six-month kind of arc that we'll work together. And at the beginning of that, we'll really spend a lot of time like delving into their intention for that time together. So, you know, it's very easy to kind of fritter the time away (laughs) Fritter is an unkind phrasing rather, but like, you know, it's easy to address the things that are like our immediate. So, you know, you're feeling tired on the day that we meet, cool. We're we'll doing some like really restful practices. But the intention kind of is a, a longer kind of container and view for our time together. You know, it's a lot of, it's like a lot of conversation, a lot of like talking to people about their bodies and their histories and like, you know, how they're feeling and like their relationship with their bodies, which you know, often people haven't even really considered because it's just there, right? You feed it and you water it occasionally and sometimes you wash it and then, you know, that's it. But yeah, it's something that I've been really thinking about a lot recently is, you know, like if you were in an actual relationship with your body, like it was a person and you were in a relationship with it, what would that relationship look like? Yeah. Like, would you text them back? Would you be best friends? Would you be frenemies? Would you like barely even talk to them? Like it's it's... It's interesting to me.
0: <laughs> it's. Um, I think I saw a quote the other day that was uh, maybe it was even from you. Imagine if I'm going to parrot back your own work and be like, "Have you thought about Please. this, Ellie?" And you'd be like, "Wow, <laughs> oh my god, I had never discovered this." You know the classic thing of like, you know, treating treat others as you would like to be treated, but we also treat ourselves so badly, so routinely that I saw something that said we should phrase it as like treat others as you would like your best friend to be treated, and I resonated oh. with that so much, and I was just like, "It's so wild," and that was what I would say about kind of being in relationship with your body as well. It, it's or like my experience with it, at least. It's so wild that, you know, we can treat ourselves in the way that we would like to be treated, but we we just don't so often, do we? And it's it's absolutely crazy that that's, that's the way it is so often for so many people.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we can really dive into why that is. Um, <laughs> this is a live therapy session, exciting. everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, like for me, I'm like always like, It's society. We are not living in a society that encourages us to know ourselves in any particular sort of caring way but maybe it's best that I don't get on that soapbox because it will just be the whole podcast of me ranting at you and make that not for the best
0: <laughs> I have another podcast with my friend Rachel and one of our listeners like emailed in was like do you know Ellie I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says I hate to make this a feminist issue but and then I was like that is a great t-shirt it's, apparently I say that all the time it's always a feminist issue <laughs> and it's true because it always is a feminist issue exactly I was like fine whack that on a t-shirt see if I care <laughs> Uh, Yes, I'm going to avoid making this into a personalised one-hour, one-to-one session with you, because (laughs) that will follow later. Like, I would love to use that uh, time for that space. But I think one of the things, one of the many, many reasons I wanted to chat to you is because I think knowing how to deal with overwhelm I think is my question and not necessarily overwhelm in the the general sense of like burnout but but more Mm. in the sense of like I speaking for myself and myself alone get so overwhelmed by living in this earth it's like sensory overload but inside my body like I'm so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by like the magnitude of my feeling and whether it's good or bad and I just wondered how I guess kind of my question is about how to work with your body to kind of get into a place of neutrality I'm very much one end or the other or not even necessarily like as I say this isn't a one-to-one session you don't have to be like Ellie here's your five-step plan but just any (laughs) any thoughts you have I guess about that because I I, I'm assuming not that I've ever lived in anyone else's body I'm assuming that's quite a common experience for people who really feel at really Mm. extremes yeah I just wonder what you thought about kind of middle ground of just acceptance being is it is it quite neutral or is it you know the far end of positivity all the time and and feeling like you could take on
1: the world every single day Uh, if that's what it is i certainly haven't figured it out Um, i mean that that kind of is the the fun toxic positivity energy right it's just like if you're not always happy then you're probably doing it wrong sure in my experience and as as someone who also i was going to say i like now I feel a lot of things. Probably if you ask me like, you know, 10 years ago, I actually was really quite detached from my feelings because Mm -hmm. I was just a floating head. But what I have experienced in my own life and with a lot of clients that I've worked with is that floating headness when you're just thinking, you know, you're, you're only thinking and then everything kind of clouds in because there's so much to think about. There's no way that you can possibly process it all because mm-hmm. you can't process the world and make it all right Yeah, because
0: it just is. Um, much to my dismay because that was very much I my know. plan coming out of school. I was
1: like I'm going to set everything right. I'm going to do it and then I was like what it can't what I've been lied to. I know I'm eternally disappointed by that but you know <laughs> learning to cope what's really helped me in that is learning some really simple but not necessarily easy grounding practices and sort of ways to remain with yourself Mm
0: -hmm. even
1: as the outside world exists so what what I mean by that is kind of I suppose like holding yourself even as you move into the world so you don't have to be like you know cloistered away meditating for hours you can stay with yourself and be in conversation or be in you know sort of challenge and still be able to kind of pull yourself back Mm. and that is a practice it's sort of like you know it's a a journey (laughs) but some of the most simple practices of like you know learning to follow your breath and kind of just taking moments to feel the places that your body is meeting whatever's beneath it so you know right now bum on seat Mm -hmm. feet on floor and like kind of just drawing your awareness into those contact points and really like letting you know we it can be quite easy especially when you're very kind of thinking orientated to kind of gloss over and be like well cool yeah I've done that I've thought about it but like no <laughs> I know well, how sitting works <laughs> yeah you're like cool checked in with my grounding points done and you're like you know yeah. no, keep coming back and like the more you pay attention to it the deeper the experience gets you know the more you kind of feel different points of pressure difference sort of sensations and It's probably not the most life changing of practices, but it's a very steadying one Mm -hmm. to help when you're kind of feeling that like either complete overwhelm of thoughts racing around or the complete overwhelm of like pulled to one end of the spectrum of emotion or the other. It's just like, okay, like bring yourself back. Here you are. Yeah. Um, that was an
0: excellent answer to a question that wasn't even a question and I basically did just try and put my entire human existence into one sentence and then just said thoughts and you the thoughts you delivered were exceptional can I just say.
1: I'm here to help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I I love the distinction you make between simple and easy as well because that's so true and I think what resonates so much with me about the work you do is that it is simple in that as you say it's not kind of necessarily groundbreaking in that it's something that people have never you know, experienced before, but that's what makes it so accessible is that it is something we can all do, but it isn't necessarily easy because I hate to turn it into a feminist issue, but you know, <laughs> our products of, of a Western society that haven't prioritized these things and have actively worked against us to make it harder for us to do these things to increase our productivity, increase our baby making rates, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it really is, it's such a cliche, but it is so true that those little things really do make the difference. You know, like breathwork is such a prime example, Breathing is the only thing I have done since I was born. Like literally, it is the one thing, mm-hmm. and I have consciously, actively done since I was born. And I found out a couple of years ago that I don't do that right, and I was just like, not doing that right is quite a critical way of framing it. But
1: I know, yeah, my my brain just went. Eh, eh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I saw the panic
0: across <laughs> your eyes. Basically, I like have a quite a, a short breath kind of cycles. So it's quite panicky. It mm-hmm. makes sense, and yeah, it was as I came out of it, I was just like, God, nobody's ever taught me how. To breathe but I wish they had like you know I would have had so f- well I'd have had relatively less problems if I'd have been taught how to breathe like they're base level things that we need to kind of step into our fullest selves and yet the world doesn't make it easy for us to be able to access that kind of information it's wild
1: it really is isn't it I think there was a couple of years ago where um, Maisie Hill's book period power came out yeah. and like every single person who bleeds that I know was just like why has nobody taught me this? Yes. And yes, so much of embodiment work feels like that to me. It was just like, oh, your your breath controls or like, you know, it has impact on how your nervous system works. Why has nobody taught me this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it blows
0: my mind on the regs. Yeah. <laughs> so... Moving away from kind of the amazing radical embodiment work you do to ask the next question, which is what are you enthusiastic about at play? And for people who haven't listened to the podcast before, play is my way of kind of avoiding the word hobbies or extracurricular or extracurricular because I have no hobbies and that is something that will follow me to my death is something that I'm very sad about. So what do you do at play generally when you're not working is the way I phrase that question very shonkily. (laughs)
1: no I think I think it works really well play is good it's something like when we were talking about this before off air. yeah some of the things that I love to do that have nothing to do with my work are extraordinarily dorky Um, I love it I'm here for I'm so here for Ellie (laughs) I really love mushrooms and like it feels like the last couple of years I've just been stalked by Mycelium networks and fungus, and that sounds super creepy. But that yeah, sounds I just like, find that it... sounds like
0: Dawn of the Triffids kind of vibes, is what yeah, that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm
1: not, I'm not waking up finding mushrooms in my bed or <laughs> anything. <like. laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, one of those synchronicity kind of things where like they keep popping up in my consciousness and like you know, in different different forms. And um, yeah, I find mushrooms and mycelium and mycology, which is like the study of fungus absolutely fascinating tell me more. I don't even know I have so little understanding of mycology
0: or any reference points I don't even know what questions to ask this is just a blank slate of tell me more about
1: mushrooms my friend yeah well I mean you know I am very much an amateur it's not like I'm out sort of like hunting mushrooms or you know being like amateur mycologist or anything like that there is a whole world of amateur mycology which I am not part of but They are just fascinating. You know, mycology, we have like the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom and the fungal kingdom. And the fungal kingdom for years and years and years was kind of just like lumped in with the plant kingdom. Mm -hmm. But it's this huge world of study that is really underexplored. And I think the thing that, well, several things get me about them, about mushrooms, but the thing that fascinates me so much is the idea of a mycelium network, which is kind of the, you know, the mushroom is like the fruiting body that kind of pops up and and spreads the spores. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of it is this, this huge like interweaving network of fibers beneath the soil. And they can, I'm going to get this wrong probably, but I'm pretty sure that like one of the largest living beings in the world is this huge, fungal network somewhere in Portland and it's like three kilometers wide or something like that. I'm probably getting this wrong entirely, but they just, it blows my mind and they like communicate, like, you know, it's not just sort of this big network that doesn't do anything. It, it's like the internet, like it connects trees and like trees roots connect into this network. And like, there's a sharing of, of resources between trees and fungus and other trees. And it, like, it, it's just, it, yeah, really. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job explaining it, but it blows my mind. I
0: mean, these are all things I've never thought about before, as I've made a mushroom risotto or whatever. So that is seriously
1: fascinating. I would, I would recommend if you want to like get mildly dorky, but also just like have your mind blown. I'd recommend the documentary. I think it's called Fantastic Fungi, and that's that's pretty awesome. Um, And I just finished reading a book. By one of the most magnificently named men ever, Merlin Sheldrake. Love that. That man is a wizard, yeah, can I, I just mean, say? <laughs> yeah, buy it, buy it for his name alone, but the book <laughs> itself is called is called Entangled Life, and it's
0: pretty, pretty amazing. I do have questions about how you first came to I mean, and this is a question that might not have an answer. This is one of the one of the things I need to refine about this podcast concept is that I ask people why they're enthusiastic about stuff, and sometimes you just don't know, and that is fine. Like the caveat is always that I just like it, and that's that's a good enough reason. You don't need to have some kind of like traumatic journey that you know led you to, to my child, to my yeah, exact child, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I can exactly remember the day on the twenty seventh of May, nineteen ninety, whatever. <laughs> but when when did you first become aware of The magic of mushrooms
1: (laughs) take that how you will (laughs) i know right the most recent kind of flourishing of this Mm -hmm. enthusiasm is within the last year or two um and i think there's a bit of like a sort of cultural zeitgeist of people being interested in mushrooms but i remember i'm I'm from australia and i remember coming to visit my cousins who live in the uk lived in the uk I currently live here as well now. Anyway, but when I was a kid, I remember coming to visit them and them having like a fairy ring of mushrooms outside, like in their garden. And the magic of that, like that something would grow in a circle, but you can't see the reason that it's growing in a circle. And like that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, and I think I've just been curious about them ever since. It's only recently I mean, they, they are blossomed quite- into enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, they're so entrenched in folklore, aren't they? That they do have mm. some kind of magical, mystical qualities about them anyway. But I love that you've taken that further, quite literally, further into the soil. And I didn't know that they were such, I just think of them as fairy houses. I don't think of them as like, you know, the largest living organism or whatever quote we might have butchered.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, that is what I said. Sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> that's,
1: this, that's definitely what I said. Yes, I stand by that. If, if people
0: are here for biological facts, they've got the wrong <laughs> podcast. I hope they've enjoyed their yeah, stay. Nice. Please stay as long as you like. Make yourself comfortable. <laughs> lower your expectations from me is what I would say there not from you Ellie obviously you've given us lots of no, great No,
1: I mean I wouldn't rely on me for biological facts either
0: <laughs> but a good time we can guarantee that is what I would say about us Definitely. and so the final question is what are you enthusiastic about in life and so this is kind of like wider arching values so not as niche and specific as play just kind of more generally the kind of the the values and, and things that make you want to get up in the morning
1: this one is you know, it's really big. <laughs> like what, what do you value in life? I'm like, oh God, what do I value in life? Yeah. I'm glad you understood <laughs> the subtext there. Cause the question is phrased in
0: a certain way, but essentially that is the question I'm asking, like, what do you care about in the entire world? And it's like, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, let's, let's start with like burning down the patriarchy, really enthusiastic about that. And, you know, let's clump in all of the, the other oppressive systems that we live within while we're at it. mm mm-hmm. That really kind of weaves into my work and my life and my my relationship with mushrooms. <laughs> and I'm not sure about my relationship with mushrooms, maybe. Um, and, yeah, kind of related to that is the recognition that everything is interconnected, which definitely weaves into my enthusiasm about mushrooms. But, you know, sometimes I think especially with the work that I do, it can feel indulgent to, to be like, well, I'm going to really focus on my relationship with my body. It feels like such a sort of like personal singular individual thing, but in my experience, we can control things within ourselves. We can work on things within ourselves and that expands out and you know, everything, everything is connected. We are relational beasts. We we function best in relationship with one another and in relationship with ourselves and in relationship with the earth. And that's on a very kind of spiritual level, but also a very practical level as well. Like we we are literally made of the earth. We are living in a pretty much closed system and and everything is connected. (laughs) Um, I, I just... Sound like a slightly mad scientist, but like everything is connected. Yeah, but I a mad think scientist that's absolutely going to be proved, You're
0: going to be proved right, though, aren't you? This is not oh, a crazy yeah. hypothesis. This is just—I <laughs> yeah. mean, this <laughs> is a true biological scientific fact. Everybody, I hope you stayed around because we've got them. Everything is connected, and we do—we <laughs> do, we do a lot better to remember it. I think that's so interesting that you say about kind of the individualistic element of kind of some of some of the work that you do, because I think that's really important because I think so many well first of all you know as you say we have every right to work on ourselves and to just do something selfish for ourselves this is selfish but you know not that is a word that is so often meant negatively actually selfish endeavors can be entirely positive but it is also as you say it you know it's not just for ourselves it is for being because then, you know, you, you radiate outwards, certainly you? you you become a better, more grounded part of your community, you're able to do more kind of for the earth. It all kind of does does connect. And I think we do a lot better as a society to kind of have that conversation more rather than, you know, painting people all with the whole their snowflakes, they care too much about whatever kind of brush. I think that I think that's a really, really interesting and nuanced point. Interesting nuance.
1: Nuance is definitely my my touch point for a lot of things. But yes, things are not black and white, unfortunately. We, and we, we have to live we are the gray. same person.
0: Yes. And we have the same brain. <laughs> I am the same. I'm always so aware of the nuance and I just wish there was no nuance. I'm always like wish I had a smooth brain and I wish the world was black <laughs> and white and I wish everything was right or wrong and then
1: it would be fine. But it's not like that and we have to learn to live with that fact. That's what I'm learning. And I think that there's a lot of joy to le- like to living with that fact once you kind of surrender to it once you stop fighting and like searching for like the one answer yes then you can just you know then then you gets to it gets to be an experiment it gets to be play it gets to be fun kind of most of the time <laughs> um, sometimes it's really hard work and then the fun um, itself is nuanced but that's you know that's cyclical <laughs> <laughs> ah! i'm just flailing my arms over my head for, you know, everyone who can't see me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we got that. I think if we close our eyes, we got that. We got that embodiment. So I
0: enjoyed that. Thank you so much for coming on. I've absolutely loved chatting to you. Could you please let people know where they can find you, find out more about you, websites, socials, ETC, etc. All
1: of it. Of course I can. So you can find out more about me at my website, anotherpractice.com which is where you'll find all of my work. Um, you can find out more about one-to-one embodiment work and the soon-to-be-launched <laughs> podcast and and weekly class. I am also on Instagram, although I have to say I have a slightly rocky relationship with it, um, but you can find me at another practice. It's an underscore other practice. But, oh, yeah, honestly, if you want to stay in touch and, like, learn more about my work and kind of, hang out on a weekly basis the best place is to sign up for my newsletter which you can do on my website anotherpractice.com again just in case you missed it
0: (laughs) (laughs) and those will all be in the show notes as well i'll pop those links there for you so it'll literally be as easy as lifting one of your embodied fingers and clicking a button and then you'll be there ellie thank you so much it's been an absolute joy to chat
1: to you Ah, it's such a pleasure thank you i'm glad that we're starting our army of ellies together yes come (laughs) forward And there we have it. Another episode of the Enthusiasm Co
0: podcast done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy the chat and you think that others might do too, you might know what I'm about to say. If you could spare a minute or two of your time, please do head to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a rating and a review for the Enthusiasm Co. It means the world because it lets Apple know that I'm a podcast worth listening to and it shows me to other people. So thank you so much in advance for that. I read every single one. And also, if you would like to follow The Enthusiast and Co and see more updates, you can head to the Enthusiast.co and on Instagram The Enthusiast and Co. to see and hear more. Until next time.